of marveling and considering and thinking about the incarnation. That, that God is the creator of everything we see and somehow the, the creator became part of the creation. That the one who said, let there be light with his voice, he created light with his breath. He created life. And yet, this one somehow got squeezed into the form of a human. And not just a human, but a baby. Who's born like you and me. That, and, and that is to continue the journey. And ultimately complete the journey of the greatest love story the world has ever seen. That, that God demonstrates the very character of God who is filled with steadfast love. Sacrificial love, even. And, and to receive that, to think about it, to marvel at that, I've, I've, been, I've been doing this for 32 Christmases. And I never grow bored of considering this reality. So what a privilege it is that Christmas and Christmas Eve come on a Sunday and we get to celebrate the most important ingredient of the season. Love. Our passage is in Philippians chapter 2, starting with verses 1 through 11. And uh, that gives us a picture from the Apostle Paul of just the, the nature of the incarnation and that God becoming human, how amazing it is, and also some of our response. What we learn and appreciate and apply in our own lives from God becoming human. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks and we give you praise for this day. We thank you for your word that speaks to us of your truth. And we ask now you'd help us to hear. Help to apply, to to marvel, to celebrate, to, to hope, to find our faith and trust in you and to believe That indeed, you are filled with love. That your very character is one of steadfast love. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Chapter 2 of Philippians, starting with verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, Being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest. But also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus. Who though he was in the form of God. Did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But emptied himself. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and having been found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we, we, we see here that, that Paul also captures this reality of this great act of love of God entering the world just like you and I did. Entered in the world, but being born like you and I. How that happened, I don't know. But what that means is then he was born and then raised and lived like you and I, which means that Jesus, God the Son, God in the flesh, can relate Our everyday lives. He can relate to it all. I mean, he was, he was born. And then after he was born, he had to have his diapers changed. He had to have somebody feed him. He had to have somebody carry him from place to place. The one who was at one time not bound by time or space, totally spirit, somehow became human. Then he grew up and then he went to school and he went to church and he had family and friends and he had fun times with them. He had arguments with them, disagreements with them, just like we do. He he, he then, as a, a child, he had to move a number of times. One time he had to move for his, for, to save his life because there were other kings that heard about him being born and they were uh, challenged by him so they wanted to kill him so they had to pick everything up, put all they could in the bag and run to Egypt. Sometime in his life his, his dad died. We don't know exactly when. Uh, then uh, his mother stayed with him all the way to his, his death. But even that journey, sometimes they got in arguments. Sometimes mom and the siblings, they didn't understand him either. There were times that Jesus was in serious poverty. Other times he experienced homelessness. He said he had no place to lay his head to sleep one night. Some of his, his friends were with him and helped him and supported him along the way. Many times he received from them. He had life, ups and downs, joys and terrors, just like we do. He can relate. He suffered. He suffered pain. God suffered pain. God died. He had nails in his hands and his feet. He suffered physical pain. Emotional. He had, as he's hanging on the cross, he had people spitting at him and calling him names. Some of his closest friends, even at that time, denied him. They deserted him. Even betrayed him. He, he suffered and died. So he experienced the fullness of life. So he can relate to us. That, that's the, the marvel of the incarnation. That God relates to you and to me. Whatever the station of life. Maybe you've seen the commercials that are out. Uh, it's really, they're based on the incarnation. You see at the end, it's always a little co- commercial. A lot of times they're in black and white with singles and they're telling a story about the ups and downs of life. And then at the end, they say Jesus sort of had the same kind of situation. And then they end it, Jesus gets us. He gets us. Well, that's based on the incarnation. Wherever, whatever situation you and I are in, Jesus 
can relate. God relates to us in any predicament, in any celebration. He's the one that, that leads us. And we've been talking about throughout this season, yeah, that when we have the frosting of celebration, when things go well, Jesus leads us in how to, to give thanks and praise. The candles of hope. When we find ourselves in times of despair, Jesus leads us how to find hope in the darkest situations. The, the sprinkles of, of trust in the good and the bad. Jesus shows us the way to say, how do we place our trust and faith, our obedience to follow the plan of God, even when it seems crazy? Jesus has been there. He, he knows how to find hope and despair, how to trust when you really don't want to, how to celebrate the victories. And he shows us every step of the way how to love. And that's what Paul's telling the church in Philippi. That's what he's telling us. Keep your eyes focused on him because he is the epitome of love. Know his life. Know his teachings and follow him. Jesus will lead you wherever you are to the place of purposeful, beautiful, meaningful life. As it was meant to be lived. Now, Jesus can relate to us in every way except one. There's just one thing that Jesus doesn't, hasn't done that we do. And that is that Jesus never sinned. Jesus never disobeyed the way of the Father. Jesus never had to say, I'm sorry to the Father because he followed him perfectly. Now, some of you may be saying, okay, well, that he can't relate to me then because I've done that. I've been there. Me too. And so did the person to your left and right and in front of you and in back of you. So all of us are in that same boat. That doesn't mean, though, that Jesus wasn't tempted No, he he was tempted in great ways all the time. I mean, he faced, after 40 days of fasting, he faced the devil himself. And the devil told him a number of times, listen, you can avoid this pain. You can avoid this suffering. This makes a lot more sense. You just follow me. And you'll have all the joy and privilege that you need. All the, the, the wonders of life you'll have. Just follow me. And it wasn't just the devil that tempted him. Even his best friends tempted him. Said, hey, you're the king of kings. Let's take it. Let's take Roman government now. Here are the swords. Let's go take them. You can just knock them all down. And by force, we will take over the world. And we'll make it right. And Jesus was like, no, that's not the way of the Father. Even towards the end of Jesus' life, he even made suggestions to the Father. He had conversations with the father. Hey, you sure we need to go this way? You sure we need to do this? You sure the cross is the way to do this? Here's a few other options. I'm sure we would have laid them out. Here's some suggestions, father, of, of how maybe we can do this. And the father said no. 
This is the way of sacrificial love. This is the way to bring life to the world. And it requires your death. The greatest act of sacrificial love. You see, Jesus, he he lived as humans just as we do. Yet he lived without sin because we couldn't. He, He lived without disobedience because we couldn't. In full human form, he lived purely in obedience to the will of the Father because we don't. So that he then, fully human, would take our place so that we could take his And then live with God forever. The single greatest act of sacrificial love all of creation has ever experienced. This is the the culmination of Christmas from the incarnation to the resurrection. This is the, the great news of Christmas And why Jesus had to become human. Why he had to live the life of total sacrificial love and obedience to the Father because we couldn't. So that he could do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves and make us right with God now and forever. What Christmas means is in whatever situation I'm in today, right now. Whatever situation you're in right now, Jesus can relate. And he has come to lead you and to lead me. In in relationship with God, to living life to the fullest according to the plan of our loving Father. Now, and I know that you, just like I, often will think, maybe not consciously, But unconsciously, maybe sometimes even consciously, I know better than God. I know better than the one who loves me with such a sacrificial love. And we'll go our own way. We'll disobey the Father, not what, which isn't what Jesus did, but then Jesus takes our place. Says here, I've died for you so that you can live in my purity and my holiness. That's why we practice confession every time that we gather. Because that's what Jesus has done for us. So I encourage you, today, tomorrow, next week, next month, whenever and wherever, in those situations of despair, say, okay, Jesus, you've been here. Lead me with your hope. Those times of great celebration... Give thanks to Jesus. Lead me in this time of celebration to rejoice in your many gifts. Teach me to to celebrate all the good things that you've given me. And in times of challenge, uncertainty, teach me to trust. Teach me to help me to trust. Help me to believe. Help me to obey. Because I know that your way is the way of life. As we turn the corner into next year, make make it uh, time, your time and energy, your focus of your time and energy. We've been saying, you know, five minutes a day. Just take five minutes a day. Be reading the story of Jesus' life. 
Go into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just start the year five minutes a day reading how he lived according to perfect love. Be reading and understanding and knowing his teachings that lead us into the way of perfect love. Because he's shown us. He's shown us that as we follow the way of the Father, even when we don't want to, even when we've got other suggestions, when we follow the way of the Father, that's what leads to life. Today, tomorrow, and every day. Wherever you are, he can relate. Call out to him. Let's pray.